As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. You ever think about quitting? It's the combat of life, hammering the snot out of you. Well, stand by, dig in deep, and get ready to get fired up with us. Welcome to the Team Never Quit Podcast, the number one podcast that inspires you to fight on. I'm your host, David Rutt Rutherford, here with Mr. Never Quit himself, Marcus Luttrell. Our mission is to help you embrace the suck of life, to teach you the values of working your ass off, and to interview the most hard-charging people on planet Earth. We know life is hard. It's time for you to suck it up, buttercup, and let us teach you to persevere in every environment imaginable by sharing real-world lessons learned by those who never quit. That's right. It's time, Marcus, for us to help them defeat the well, negative you're insurgency me up, in man. their lives. You're me up. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's roll. Let's roll. This is ground control to Major Tom. I'm floating in the air. <laughs> 
What are you laughing at, dude? I was just getting my groove on, man. What are you? It what? should have been more of an Armageddon. Um, it should I'm, have been more of I'm, using the right words. What do you mean, right words to what? Right lyrics. Those are the right lyrics. They're, they're not. This is ground I'm control. Leaving on mate. a jet plane. Leaving <laughs> on a jet plane. And I don't want to play taxes ever again. <laughs> I, Check. It, that, Armageddon was a great movie. Oh, dude. Dude, who is your favorite? I'm a big Bruce Willis fan. Yeah. But yeah. uh, Papa Bear, when he came. When he, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> on the yeah. motorcycle. Yeah, I love him, man. Oh, God. Yeah, I love that guy. Oh. His character. And he has the, the <laughs> he's wearing the. The gold, uh, what you call the gold uh, speedo? The best, <laughs> the, the best. And remember when you cut, when you cut your uh, hand off with the spear? Uh, yeah, I told you I was like the toughest thing I ever say is uh oh. <laughs> you, you know where I got that from? from Owen, him? Owen Wilson when when the shuttle when the when their shuttle's crashing to the, to the thing that's when he goes oh no kidding. That's <laughs> <laughs> stuck in my head, man. And, and, <laughs> That is the toughest thing I ever say when something goes bad. Like, oh, 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 oh. I love Steve Buscemi, man. That's my guy. Help uh, me. <laughs> that whole thing was good, man. Oh, man. One of the things that I love about that whole space concept is, you know, if you're going to make the decision, right? And, and granted, not only do you have to go figure out what, What's the thing they had to crunch into one movie with about the numbers and all that? Gimbals? Yeah, 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 right? If you got to go crunch gimbals and, you know, what's the... I I think that every time I watch Apollo 13 and everything's going wrong, they're trying to crunch some gimbals before they run out of O2, I'd have just been like... "Uh, Houston, we're we're done up here. (laughs) (laughs) And I'd be like... Uh, come again? <laughs> Can you repeat your last? attention with them gimbal class when we had that. Uh, we, we, we ain't gonna make it. We're gonna wing or, it. Or think <laughs> about it. it. Dude, think about it. Did you see the movie with Matt Damon? What, Mission to Mars or Mars or whatever? What do they call that? Martian. The Martian, right? I read the book, and the book, the book is a thousand times crazier. Like, every second he's dying. Now, I think about that, just like you, bro. I'm like, nah, forget it. Like, and, but thank God I'm not aspiring to do that, right? Because if you begin to aspire to dream of being an astronaut, part of your sequence, your, the psychology of your quest has to be the ever-present reality that at any second you're going to die. You could drift into oblivion, never to return. I mean, you, you know how we're hanging around our boys and like, <laughs> man, we were hanging it out there. Yeah. Like, if Cassidy says that... Literally. It's way out there, right? Well, I got to take it to a different level. Yeah. What was that? Was that, what was that Gravity, the one with... Um, Sandra. Sandra uh, Bullock? Like they start drifting off, just inches away, yeah. but drifting. Yeah, you're gone, movie. and you're never coming back. Because you can't, you can't push off shit in space, can you? I mean, there truly one of those so close, but yet so far. Yeah. So far away. What is some, what's another right. great space movie? 2001 uh, Odyssey? Interstellar. Interstellar's good. What's the one, one with uh, uh, Chris Pratt and uh, what's your name? Guardians of the Galaxy. No, not yeah, Guardians. So I, great. It so is so great. Remember it's when so we watched? Remember when so we watched great. it like every night for know, yeah. the whole week out here? <laughs> it did. It literally played for an entire week. It, did, it, it so never long. came off. Yeah, it was stuck. Is that good? No, oh, batteries are dead. Remember Pratt, or something? We want you on the show, man. <laughs> anytime. Come Prometheus? on. Prometheus. 
I don't know about that one. Prometheus. Aliens for Pretty me. Good, right? that Alien. was good. Oh, yeah. Game well, we're over, talking about man. Predator. That was part Predator. of the Predator. alien sequence. What else? Prometheus was yeah. an alien. In the beginning, right? <laughs> 2001 Space Odyssey. I'm a big Stanley Kubrick fan. Right? That was way back. I'm not too familiar with that one, actually. That's what I was saying. <laughs> He's like, who's Stanley Kubrick? I just isn't that, that's the one with the dawn of man, the boom, boom, The great boom, soundtrack. Boom, yeah, boom, the boom, best boom, soundtrack, boom. best space soundtrack ever. It's classic right there. Totally. Star Wars. Flash Gordon. Dude. Flash! <laughs> so good. Can't Quarterback from the New York Jets is going to save the world. Balls. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's awesome, dude. Baseball is really good, yeah. Mars Attacks. Ack, 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 ack. That's a great one. Dude. Great, great cameo alien movie. Oh, brother. Welcome to the Team Never Quit podcast. I'm your host, David Rutt Rutherford, with Mr. Never Quit himself, Marcus Luttrell, and the infamous The Wizard. We need Thank to come sir. up with some sound effects for you, dude. You can use the Dawn of Time Boom, boom, yeah, boom, boom, let's boom, do boom, it. Boom, boom, Ready? Boom, you have boom. that? Pull that sucker up right now. Let's try it. Let's give that a run. You ready? Here. Wizard. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome, man. That's got to be in there every time from here on out when I do the intro in the show. Yeah. Done? <laughs> Deal? Mark, that's good? All right, good. All right, if this is your first time to our show, then you obviously are going, what the hell is this show about? Well, let me tell you, you are in store for one of the greatest guests we've had. And I know I say that about every guest, but this guy is truly next level. We've got astronaut, Navy SEAL, MIT graduate, Captain Chris Cassidy on the show, right? That's mm, phenomenal. We're going to have a killer reader story. Just stop and let that sink in for a second. Astronaut, Navy SEAL. MIT grad. MIT grad. Yep. That's, that's amazing. Oh, Naval Academy grad, too. That's that's something serious. I, dude, amazing. I can't. Dude, oh, this yeah, guy's a degree amazing. in mathematics. But, but yeah, Matt, not right. like. It wasn't basketball. Engineering, either. right? Some kind of engineering. Whatever it is. It was definitely big. makes you think there's a difference in the species. <laughs> Some of us, right? for sure. What else? <laughs> I know. All right. If you are coming back for more, you're a repeat offender. We love you. Thank you so much. We are so stoked you're back. You know what our show's all about. You understand the power and the impact of what it means to Learn from our guests to understand how to face the adversity in your life, how to overcome your obstacles, how to reach new heights in your life, and learn the never quit mindset. Now, if you want to know more about us, go ahead and visit our website at tnqpodcast.com, where we have some new swag. Swag. New swag. New. You're not even going to join in on You're that. Good. That's good. Come I'm, on, man. I, I, don't, I don't. I'm not got the the singing thing. It's. I don't. I can't even carry a tune in a bucket with a lid, dude. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, don't even sing, I don't even sing in the shower. All right. So. All right. So we got new swag. We got t-shirts, some other stuff, other merchandise. Okay. If you want to follow us on social media, the Wizards is actually on social media. We got it now. Just go to Instagram and search the Wizard TNQ, or you can follow our new TNQ podcast page at TNQ Podcast. I'm at Team Frog Logic, 
And Marcus is at Marcus Luttrell. Hey, what's up, boss lady? How you doing? <laughs> I'll stop. Pay the respects I'll to the stop. lady Wait. of the house. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm, I, that's how I'm going to bring him on. All right. Yeah, I'm going to bring him on that way. All right. You should. All right. So now what do we got going on? I, I you know, I think it's time you got to read actually a little. pretty cool what she just said. She's like, I'm going to go pick the kids up from jujitsu. You can say that again. Is that cool? <laughs> is that cool? Your son's first gi? It is, man. It was something. I was holding it up and trying to staring out so proud. It's just like those little moments. That's right? a big deal, dude. Is, man. That's first, his first step towards becoming an astronaut. Why, but, right? Martian. Or Martian. Star-Lord. Yeah. Star-Lord. Mm-hmm. That's, that's Axe's first step. He could, he could be Star-Lord. He could be. He's good looking, blue eyes. Yeah. Yeah. What happened, bro? <laughs> thank, no, thank God. I know, right? Kids don't look at anything oh, like me. No, thank dude. the good Lord. Thank God the girls. <laughs> Thank God the girls do not look like my crusty old salty oh, ass. All right. So, Wizard, give us a little rundown on this liftoff. All right, Captain Chris Cassidy, as we said, uh, NASA astronaut and Navy SEAL, amongst other things. He started out in, let's see, he, he was in Bud's class 192 and then did 10 years in the teams, reaching rank of captain. Uh, during that time, he did four six-month deployments, a couple what? in Afghanistan, a couple in the Mediterranean. <laughs> Oh my God, it's fast. That's super that, that's fast. Awesome. To reach captain that fast, that's insane. I mean, it's, it's almost seven years just to get lieutenant. Yeah, I yeah. Thought. No, yeah. five. Yeah, the, the man knows how to move. I mean, pr- seven years prior to this, yeah. he graduated from the Naval Academy uh, with a mathematics degree. During his time in the teams is when he earned that, we mentioned before, that ocean engineering degree from MIT um, mm-hmm. while he was in the teams. Mississippi Institute of Technology, right there on the coast. Muskogee. Well, a little, little further Muskogee than the Institute of Technology. <laughs> it's in my barn. <laughs> we did death soundings in the pond. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we got his reeds. <laughs> oh, All right, God. so during his time in the, time the teams, deployed to Afghanistan, uh, involved in doing some non-compliant shipboarding stuff in the Persian Gulf, as well as something near and dear to Marcus's art here, he was assigned to, he was a platoon commander at SDV Team 2. About 200 hours on bag there in the SDV. What's that like, Marcus? I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Nor do I ever want what to know. Yeah, definitely the frogman portion of our job. That's true. You earned that, no doubt. Um, let's see. He also served as an XO at uh, Special Boat Team 20, as well as some other things. He gets out of the teams. 2004, he's selected as an astronaut candidate by NASA. Two years later, he completes his training. You think that's like going to astronaut camp over the summer? I went to space camp, too. <laughs> space camp. That's a, you think that's what it is? I had a movie is? about that in the 80s. It was yeah, good. those kids went up in space. Yeah, what, did you really that's go to space right, camp? They got blasted into those kids. got blasted into space. <laughs> did you really go to space camp? No, I wouldn't. No. Oh, that is a thing, right? Space camp. No, <laughs> there were, no, no, he wouldn't go to space camp. You had to... Like, yeah, there were requirements. Yeah, that was like, yeah. Like, what are the requirements, Dave? You had, you couldn't, more than you, had, had. you had not to get in trouble for more than like 10 minutes. <laughs> right? You had to be able to sit still sit for 10 minutes. Class period. Yeah, 30 minutes sitting still. Man, I knew I wouldn't happen. have passed that one. That's why I never went either up at Cat Canaveral. I didn't go to space camp. I went to that scared straight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> scared straight camp nah bro i didn't go to space camp 
Latrell 0400. You made, <laughs> it. You, made it. you made it. You made it. All right. All right, All right so going. he completes his astronaut candidate training, um, which on completion of this, it qualifies him to do various technical assignments, and he was assigned to his first mission. He was a mission specialist on STS-127. That's a space shuttle mission. He also That's was involved so... in ex- uh, Expedition 35 and 36, where he did several spacewalks. I mean, I guess these are the made like challenges. mile markers or challenges or, or things of an that astronaut. astronauts achieve. How many spacewalks? You know, these tasks they have to go up there and do. Because um, they're not at, they're out there for a little bit, aren't they? It's not like they just go out and say take a selfie and go back in. They're doing yeah, stuff. Has to be right because of how much. They have to procedures just to get out there. Yeah, I imagine yeah. they plan every single detail of the entire procedure they do once they leave. Yeah, plan your totally. dive, dive your plan. Right. So 2015, he then gets named as chief of the astronaut office at NASA. He's involved in selecting new personnel. A couple other tiny small details. He was the 500th person in space, and he was the second SEAL to fly in space, following behind William Shepard or Bill Shepard, um, who was a veteran of four previous missions, 181 days outside of our atmosphere. That's a lot. Mm, I thought 181 days in the stand was bad. (laughs) (laughs) Base deployment. Yeah, right? Holy cow. Well, what do you say, gents? This guy is going to be phenomenal. He's one of us. He's one of our own. He's part of the brotherhood. What do you say, gents? Should we get him on? Absolutely. Captain Christopher Cassidy, astronaut arriving. (laughs) Try that again. (laughs) Man, I can't do it. (laughs) That was horrible. That was horrible. I just figured you could dub it in. Can you just... No, don't. Leave it now. Fuck you. All right. Now, Marcus, <laughs> here it is. We've got another one of the Brotherhood again. And this one is in a whole nother atmosphere, brother. Literally and figuratively, man. I love when we bring Andy Stump on because his resume's insane. I love when we bring on Commander Zinke. He's his resume's insane. But nobody. So far, nobody has reached the limits (laughs) as this guest has, bro. Are you fired up? This is my my number one. It's my all-time favorite one already. How could it not be? You guys guys say that to all your guests. I'm sure you do. Because the path that he's walked we're familiar with, and then the one that that no one else got. I mean, there's only a handful of people on the earth that have that. And, man, that's just a... That's the coolest thing to me, man. It, it, when you think about the magnitude of not only just making it in the teams, but then going to MIT, but then also to become one of the elite of the elite of the elite, man, to be in that even smaller brother and sisterhood, man, for me, that's the epitome of that never quit mindset. We need to find out. They need to have. Their, they better have their own secret society, right? I guarantee. Well, let's let's get them on and let's ask them about everything under the sun and in between. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, please welcome to the show U.S. Navy SEAL astronaut Captain Chris Cassidy, sir. 
thank you so much for being on the show with us. Oh, absolutely. That's the best introduction I've ever had. I, I should tape that and, and play it uh, whenever I go up to go places. That's outstanding. I'm really, really psyched to be here with you guys. Super cool and to be part of the program. Awesome, awesome. Well, you yeah, thought you'd been launched into space before, but uh, how about that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm stoked about this. Basically, like sitting in the platoon space, getting to hear him tell, oh, a, he'll tell a story. I've been Dude. waiting for this for so damn long. Dude, what you first <laughs> said, because like... Chris, it was so funny because Mel and Marcus were, you know, Marcus went through his tour and he, he came back and we had a recording session not that long after that. He's like, he was like going on and on and on. He says, well, you know, I was like, man, we got to get, you know, Chris Cassidy on. He's like, oh, okay. Yeah. I think we'll make that happen. <laughs> and then Mel texted him. Oh, thank you. It's just, it, we're, I think we're all really fired up and, but uh, before we get into the meat and potatoes of this thing, before we got to launch out this show by doing something we do with everybody. And I know you're familiar with a mad minute. I, I can't imagine what the mad minute questions would be like up in space if someone's going wrong, right? <laughs> How much? I'm crushing those gimbal numbers in Apollo 13. I, I, I every time I see that, say, I'm like, that's where we'd all been dead. <laughs> that's the part where we die. Right, you want to crunch gimbal numbers? We're all dead. Yeah. Just look out the window, check out the moon one last time. Yes. <laughs> that's what blows me away about MIT. I you know, not Mississippi Institute of Technology. It's, it's the real one. And, uh, oh, God, I love it. All right. So, sir, what we do is we're going to warm your prefrontal cortex. I, I, just saying that to him is kind of silly as well. Right? Like, his is always firing, <laughs> right? I mean, it's always on point, man. Uh, all right. So, we're going to warm you up with what we call the Mad Minute. Now, these are going to be the hardest questions you've ever... Forget all the stuff you've ever had to deal with, gimbal numbers and all at NASA. These will be the most difficult questions you've ever experienced in your life, sir. Are you prepared? Let's go. Fire uh, away. All right. Three, two, one. All right, brother. Where's the darkest place you've ever been? Ooh, good Under one. ship in Norfolk Harbor. You do, you do. Absolutely, has to be. <laughs> I, I don't know a team guy that doesn't say because his, his yeah. background and the, the team, especially when he was at, I know he had been under there. And I was like, oh. it's gotta be. It's it's. I got to tell you, it's really dark on the outside of the space station at, on a, on the dark side of the Earth. But there's lights around you, and you can generally kind of see. There's nothing that matches the uh, the mm. blackness of underneath an aircraft carrier underneath some other big ship in the middle of Norfolk muddy harbor. So, oh yeah. man, oh, that that's brutal. All right, wizards, fire coast. away. All right, if aliens exist, do they most closely resemble a alien from the aliens movie series? B Avatar or C Mars Attacks? Ooh, I'm gonna go Avatar. Oh, nice. Nice, right. I like that. That's uh, that's what I'm hoping for. Because the yeah. yak, 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 yak. Alien, that's want, not fun. I don't want the yak, yak, yeah. yak, yak. That's that'd be so depressing, right? Yeah, funny, but quite. We're malicious. here to help. Yeah, right. We're here to help. Yeah. <laughs> All right. If you have the opportunity to go to Mars, what role do you want to play in that trip? Uh, I want to be the guy that plays cards on the travel there that takes you six months and the first one out the door when the hatch opens in your land. <laughs> he just team guide that, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I want to be the D 
Door Gunner. Damn Door Gunner. Oh, man. Just think, he's the only one of the team guys that can actually use Door Gunner on the space station. Know, there's as a chance a, he could actually get to go. So that's a oh, feasible I know, thing. That's why I, like, I, I got that visual in my head. Right? Got that whole screen blacked out. <laughs> Spaceman <laughs> call sign. <laughs> no, dude, the call sign one, dude. All right, go. All right, brother. Are you superstitious? Uh, no. All right. Really, man? I, I, dude, I am. You, I know I you the are. Weird ones, like all. Are of, you really? Yeah. Like what? What? What do you do? You do certain routines when, or every time the same thing? Yeah, or they, like I, what, most people call that OCD, but I call it being superstitious, right? No, I, I, I got a couple of numbers if I see those, and then you know, never walk under the ladder. The black. The day I was having uh, to go get cut, you know, Melanie was like, "You're done taking bullets out of the gun." The, the vasectomy thing. As yeah. I was driving to the hospital, a black cat w- walked right in front of me. <laughs> Thank <laughs> God that happened, dude. I, I threw it in reverse real fast and started hauling ass. Man's like, "What's wrong? What's going on?" I was like, black cat just came across. The <laughs> black cat crossing the highway. Yeah, well, I was going now to get going the wrong direction. Down no, there. Man, oh not one letting that happen. Everything uh, had to be perfect on that day. Oh, uh, <laughs> all right, wizard, fire away. All right, uh, give us one of the best things and the worst things about astronaut training. I don't think many people know too much about that, and I want to hear your personal opinion. Ah, uh, good question. So the best thing about astronaut training is traveling to the other international space agency centers and training with their people and their astronauts, like in Russia and Japan and Germany uh, and Canada. That's just super, super cool. Jumping in their swimming tanks, jumping in their virtual reality simulators, just freaking awesome. Mm. The worst thing about training for spaceflight is giving up complete control of your life to schedulers. Uh, you have to ask mm. permission to take a day off. You know, they've got this big magic Ouija board of all these <laughs> training clocks you've got to accomplish. Uh, kind of like being in a platoon, you know, when, yeah. when you, every training block is, is blocked out, except instead of just going to ask your chief or your LPO or, or the OIC for a day off, it's a bigger deal because if you can't go in the simulator today and you need to reschedule for another day, that affects like four other people's training schedules in the facility mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. So you really kind of give up control of your life for a two-year two year period, but it's totally freaking worth it because guess what? The prize is yeah. you're going to space. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, right? It's no, not, that's so cool. Do that right. again. <laughs> you're, go- you're going to war. Uh, uh, right, right. <laughs> you're Dang, going man. to space. You're going to war. I'm going going to space. Every you got time. dropped into that platoon, that yeah. space platoon. Yeah. Oh, that, that's heavy, dude. Space platoon. <laughs> I love it, dude. All right. Yeah. You're in the SEAL team, son. Where'd you deploy? Space. Whatever, man. Get out of here. Oh, man. That's awesome. All right. If you could, if they, in the future, they develop the space-time traveler, right? What choice would you make? Would you make to go forward or backwards? And then if you could choose one or the other, when would you go? And what time? Oh, man, that is an insane question because you'd love to go backwards and and redo some stuff, especially when you're 18 years old in high school, right? If you knew now what you knew then, you could conquer the world. But I think think I'd choose going forward. And um, this might sound corny, but I, I would love to see how my children turn out as, as adults. They're like young adults right mm-hmm. now in college and high school. And you never know as a parent, if you're doing the right thing, you're just doing the best that you know, with the, there's no instruction manual. So it'd be super cool to see my kids when they're um, 
older in life. And, and if that, if I could take any lessons learned, like, oh, I screwed that decision up. <laughs> I should have audible that the line of scrimmage. What, you mean spraying my daughters down with the hose was not a good idea? And being team guys, we sweat it the whole time, right? It's like, oh, coming and coming. All right, Marcus, fire away, bud. Hey, how similar is the pool to space? Oh, man, Marcus, it is spot on, except for two things. There's two differences. One is in in the pool, if you turn upside down, all of your weight is still resting on your collarbone and the blood still goes to your head because there's gravity still affecting the building and the pool. Mm-hmm. So you it's not that it's not very comfortable to go upside down in the pool. However, in space, you can flip around any, anywhere you want. You can't tell the difference. It's all good. And the other big one is I, I kind of mentioned it. We're, we're going around the world every 90 minutes. So you have 45 minutes in the daylight and 45 minutes in the pitch dark. Not quite as dark as Norfolk Harbor, but still <laughs> pitch dark. And um, in in the building, in the training facility in Houston at the pool that you saw, we just generally leave, we leave the lights on all the time. It's just, we in the astronaut office think we should turn the lights out. The building people don't want to turn the, make it pitch dark for the workers. So anyway, bottom line is it's never pitch dark in the pool so that's your that's a pretty big shock when you're on your very first spacewalk when you open the door and it's nighttime and, and you're wow. like, holy cow that's big yeah. so it, you can't kick out though in space can you no no no. you 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 can't you there's nothing to um to kick there's no resistance there you can't kick out that's great no matter how much energy no matter how much energy the human body can generate you can't even push yourself an inch right but right if you if your fingertips were this far away from a handrail, you're dead. You told me that. I blew my mind. It's kind of right there like this. If you sneeze and let go for a second, someone has to come get you. Oh, my gosh. That's tight right there. We, we do. Just for that very reason, we have kind of like when you rock climb, you, you climb and you need to take a break. You clip in with a little fair lead, you know, two foot long lead mm-hmm. so you can shake it out and rest a little bit and take the load off. We have same kind of things. We have these little short leads where you, you're always making sure you're clipped in because for that very reason, if you were six inches away, you might as well be 200 miles away because you're not getting oh, back. Wow. Did, you, did you gorilla grip the crap out of that bar when you – Your first one? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 oh God. Wait, nothing. Calm down. Your heart rate's about the, to go through the roof. <laughs> uh, and one one of the experienced astronauts on my first mission, he he sent me a note right before I went out on a on a spacewalk, and all it said was, "Loosen your grip." And this was before I even went out. And so I remember on that first, like the first two minutes of my first time, thinking to about his email, "Loosen your grip." And I and I thought about my hand, like, "Oh yeah, I am about to rip this hand right out of the metal." <laughs> I love it. All right, Marcus. Last question we got to hear from him. Yeah. All right, favorite superhero. Aquaman. Whoa, I did not Perfect. expect nice. that one, but I, I love why Aquaman. I loved watching him at that cartoon as a kid, and and maybe it was foreshadowing of my life underwater, particularly in, in STVs. I loved being an STVer, by the way. Uh, so I, you're the I, only I one, pre- sir. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a couple of us weird guys out there. But uh, let me tell you why. I did not love freezing my butt off for eight hours, but what I liked was. The problem solving of once you submerge is just you and your buddy 
figuring out problems. You didn't have other people to take care of your business for you. However screwed up you made it, it was because you made yourself screwed up. And however creative you got, it was because you got creative. So that's what I really liked was you and your buddy just dealing with it. Oh, you're in the middle of the ocean, mm. and, the, and the death gauge has asterisks across it because you and, and we don't have voice. Contrary to popular belief, we, back, we couldn't talk to each other back and forth. We have our own language and grunts yep, and moans yep. and pinches and pulls. And you're right, man. It, there is nothing else, just you and him. That, and it's that's why JJ and I are so close. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, sir, thank you so very much. That is the mad 12 minutes. Yeah. Uh, your answers were all awesome. We appreciate it. But we're going we're gonna to pivot here a little bit, and we're going to get into you know, the, the real mass of what makes this show what it is. And, and we have this incredible following, and it, a, lot, a large percentage of the reason why people come here is because they're going through their own struggle, their own challenges in life. They're, they're trying to figure out how to get started, how to face adversity and overcome obstacles, that problem solving you just talked about when all else seems like it's coming down. And so they come here to hear some of the greatest never quit stories that have ever been told. And so that way they can get their life back on track, even if it's for an inch or it's, you know, a, a million miles an hour. So, sir, without further ado, would you please share with our listeners your greatest never quit story or stories? Yeah, this is a good topic. I really am fascinated by the topic. In fact, when I, I sign a picture to, to somebody in NASA, we have these little headshots of ourselves. And very often I put never quit on there because it, it captures so much of what all of us in, in our community embody. But and think about before this show, there's two things I wanted to share with you. One was a lesson I learned in BUDS and one was a lesson I learned later in life here in NASA. And I'll start with um, Wednesday, I think it was, of Hell Week. <sighs> <laughs> sitting, sitting on the beach, about to eat an MRE. For I think probably your listeners know what Hell Week is, but it starts on Sunday and generally ends on Friday. One big blur of, of activity, um, running around and doing all different things that we call evolutions. One of those particular times was um, Wednesday night, so kind of in the middle of the week, and it was right as the sun was setting, and we're eating an MRE on the beach, all all sandy. And uh, I'm starting to feel a little sorry for myself because I'm really cold. I'm eating, I'm eating, this, <laughs> yep. eating this crappy SMRE. Covered in sand. <laughs> covered in sand. And and, uh, and I remember having, I probably had this thousand-yard stare in my eyes. And I don't remember thinking, I wasn't thinking about quitting or anything. I was just kind of had that icky feeling of, man, this just freaking sucks. <laughs> and, and I've... It's only Wednesday, and I got to go till Friday. And I was starting to drift off mentally. And I remember my my buddy uh, in my boat crew, the fellow SCVer, also Don Spites. He hit me on the shoulder and said, "Hey, snap out of it." And that's all I needed was a little knock from a guy that that was going through it right there with me, stride for stride, and uh, and I was right back in the game. And, and so. That to me was a lesson I learned, and you can't do hard stuff by yourself. Amen. You mm. got you got to have a teammate or teammates or your family or a counselor. Um, 
people like that that are in your corner to help you, that know you well and can pull you along. And I'm pre not preach I'm preaching the choir with you guys, but you just can't do hard stuff by yourself. That was my big lesson learned there. Then and there's many experiences in between that Hell Week time and what I'm about to share with you, but this is a good thing that kind of circles back together. Mm -hmm. My last space mission, 2013, I'm outside about to do my sixth spacewalk. So, wow. uh, And I'm going out the door with my buddy Luca Parmitano, an Italian astronaut who is only his second spacewalk, but we had done one. Uh, a week earlier than this and and we go outside and they're generally planned for six and a half seven hours long and in about 45 minutes into it he feels water on his head and if you know anything about being outside in a spacesuit water inside your helmet is not what you want to have going on <laughs> where's this coming from what <laughs> is leaking you yeah. want to keep only oxygen inside that thing. And uh, um, so there we are. We're outside the space station, pretty far away from the safety of the airlock. And his helmet is filling with water. And uh, wow. there's some period of time where we're talking to the ground and we collectively decide, well, maybe it's time to be going in. And, and we're thinking, what are the sources of how could you possibly have water inside the spacesuit? Well, it could be sweat. It could be urine. But we, you, it's hard to sweat enough that there's, you see it and you're floating around. And urine, we have diapers on. So that's, both of those are pretty unlikely. We have a camelback-like thing on our chest that holds a little bit of water. So it could possibly be leaking from the camelback. But then there's also cooling water in the backpack. And once he tasted it and realized it was ice cold water, none of those other first three things are ice cold. They're all body temperature. We knew then it was really bad. So he starts making his way back and uh, he gets to the airlock. And I remember hearing his voice change and he you could tell he was really not in a good spot with water now around his ears and his eyes and his nose. And and God. I remember and I I remember thinking and all this happens really, really fast, as you know, Marcus. You just kind of you just do stuff in gut reaction from training and from preparation, good hard uh, muscle memory skills. I knew that problems never get really awesome in super fast, but they sure can go to hell in a handbasket. Super fast. <laughs> Those are so two I different things. Think, <laughs> I remember thinking to myself, how can I take actions that is, are going to not make this situation worse. And I'm, I, I was kind of dirt diving the last like probably 20 yards to get to the airlock. I was dirt diving in my head what my hands needed to do, like where I needed to move the hooks and, and um, safety lines and how to close the hatch. Because the only thing that mattered at that time was closing the hatch to the airlock so that we could start moving air and, and getting repressurized. Because uh, when you're in the vacuum of space, if you take his helmet off, He's dead. Right. The, the water in the helmet is inconsequential at that point. You just have to get pressure around you in order to take the helmet off so he could breathe. And uh, I, I was telling another group this about a week ago. Is I don't even remember what my hands did. Wow. To this day, I can't remember the actions I took to unhook ourselves and bring the things inside that need to be bring, brought in and then flip around and close the hatch. 
I just remember cranking the handle on the hatch closed. There was this like 30-second period of my life where just hmm. instinct and training and muscle memory took over and got that hatch closed. And then I could deal with Luca and help him and, and get him situated. But he didn't matter up until getting the hatch closed. So that was part of um, that ties back to what I learned in Hell Week is you, if, if we didn't have each other, we wouldn't be here to be telling. I wouldn't be here to tell. He wouldn't be here to tip, hear the story. I wouldn't probably be here to, to be telling it. Mm. It's the teamwork aspect of being outside, just like being in Hell Week that day where um, I, needed, I needed Don Spikes to, to wake me up. So um, that was a pretty crazy story. And we, we, yeah. we at NASA were out of commission for spacewalks for about a year and a half after that until we really understood what happened and got it to fix it. Now we're back in business. Well, what, what, well, was, what it? was it? Yeah. Yeah. So in simple terms, like imagine you take you use a garden hose and you use it and then you leave it full of water. And six months later, you want to go take a drink out of it. That water is going to be all nasty, right? <laughs> well, the spacesuit is filled with water. And we only use them periodically. And what we need to do after every single spacewalk is flush out the water and clean it with iodine and some solution. And we had thought over the years that we were cleaning it out effectively. But turns out we weren't. So lack of a better word, sludge was building up. Icky icky water was building up inside the spacesuit components that caused the pump outlet to block. And water couldn't go out the pump direction that it needed to go, and it backed up to a way that we never thought it would ever be possible for that water to back mm-hmm. up, and ultimately got into the oxygen system. And as oxygen was coming into his helmet, it was mixed partial water, partial oxygen, and that was the root of the problem. Be- because it wouldn't happen in the pool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. It would only happen in the abyss of space, right? Water's the only thing that can't be contained. Man. It's going to find a way to get in there. Yeah. Oh my God! It's gonna find a way. Well, it's gonna find a way. Yeah. well sir, I, I I love how you equate. You know, when you talk about the never quit mindset, you you always people have this imagination that it's about those heavy moments, like being in space and your buddy's gonna die. But in your mind, how does the never quit mindset play a role? In day-to-day life, right? Where, because obviously, you 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 go to the academy, you're trying to just work through there. The, it's a difficult place. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're like, oh, I'm going to be a Navy SEAL. And then you got to go through SEAL training. Then you go to combat. Then you run into, you know, uh, Mr. Shepard, astronaut Shepard. And so it's this perpetual idea or mindset how can you explain a little bit of that and how you manage that in your life yeah you know i I think it is even more basic than that because to to most people out there they're never gonna live um through what marcus did or or very unlikely gonna strap onto a rocket and fly in space but every one of us has days where they're just hard or weeks that are hard or months that are hard whether you're going mm-hmm. through a divorce or a tough boss or your family and loved one member, loved family member has cancer or you do, any one of those situations is super relatable to everybody here on earth. And, and um, 
I remember when I was younger talking to my dad and, and, uh, he told me this, I think initially is that hard times end and when do they end is you never know. It could be a moment from now, one minute from now, like if in, uh, in hell week where you're, 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 you just can't push the log anymore in one minute, it's going to be over or it's going to be in a week from now, like starting hell week or, you know, you're, you're dealing with the sickness, all that stuff. It's unknown amount of end, but it's eventually going to end. And, and keeping that in mind for me has been helpful just in my normal, normal life, going through personal struggles, personal hard times, trying to balance all the things in a given day like when you're when I'm a new astronaut when you're a new astronaut you're learning all these systems of the space station and the, for me the space shuttle and all these switches and at the same time you still got family at home and uh, you know all the normal stresses that have with uh, a family and kids and a wife and or husband and and mm -hmm. uh, you put all that together and you get stressful days so it's re fully relatable to every person on the planet this same, this attitude that gets you through not only hell week or combat, but life. I love that answer. Mm. When, when one of the things that we hear a lot of from our guests is the people that paid major roles in their life. Right. And you had met, you'd reference your father. Can you talk a little bit about, uh, Bill Shepard and the role he played in you making this, I mean, it's not just a small jump going from a platoon commander to an astronaut. That's a that's a massive leap. That's a massive change in direction in your life. What what kind of influence did he ha play? And then what? How did he enable you to believe it was possible? Yeah. So that's interesting because I I had just finished uh, four years. I was finishing up four years at SDV Team Two. In Norfolk, my first two operational tours in the SEAL teams, and it was time for a shore duty um, assignment. And I was trying to figure out what do I want to do, where do I see myself, do I envision myself staying in the military, in the Navy, or moving on. Um, my wife was was kind of worn out from basically me being gone for four years, and I knew that I, I needed some sort of just uh, stable thing for a couple years for just recharging my own right, batteries right. And, to, and to support her. Uh, and so graduate school was a very logical choice. And this was before thinking about NASA. I knew that it would help me in life, but it would also accomplish the goals I just just mentioned. Uh, and it was right about that same time when I learned about Bill Shepard's path to being an astronaut, that he the Naval Academy. He had gone to graduate school at, at, at MIT. I didn't I hadn't been accepted to MIT yet. Uh, and then he applied to become an astronaut. And he did. And I was thinking about different graduate school options when, when I was talking it over with a friend, my wife, and, and, uh, and I got the idea, why don't I just call him and see if he can, has time to talk to me and give me some advice. So I did. And I got him on the phone, and he, I had never met him before, and he told me that, yeah, if you, have, if you want to be an astronaut, at that time I didn't even think that it was possible for me but he was a motivating person for me, uh, independent of me trying to become one myself. Um, and he said, yeah, if, if you want to become an astronaut, then you probably need to go to gra graduate school in engineering. Uh, but even if it does, astronaut stuff doesn't work out for you, a graduate degree in engineering from any 
school is going to help you in life. And so that's when the this seed really sp spawned for me. And about that same time, it, or, or so I went to graduate school at MIT, got in, got there. Two years go by, and I'm PCS moving from Massachusetts to SEAL Team 3 in, in San Diego, draw a line across the country, and you can kind of swing through Houston to make that drive. And I mm -hmm. did, and called him a couple days before and said, sir, I'm going to be in Houston on whatever day, and uh, you got time to meet. Just so happened, my luck, he was about one week away from leaving Houston to go to Russia for his own launch wow. uh, to the space station. Mm. And it and I took that as a sign like, wow, this is pretty cool. Here I am. We met at this bar called Boondoggles, which is a favorite astronaut hangout uh, in Houston. And there was a few other astronauts there that I got to meet. And I got to meet his Russian crewmate, Sergei Krikalov, who I didn't know at the time, but later found out he is the most experienced, uh, or at the time, was the most experienced Russian cosmonaut ever. Wow. Hero of the <clears throat> Soviet Union, hero of Russia. Um, and, and so that's when I really got the fire burning of, holy cow, this is pretty cool. And, and, he, and she Bill Shepard just said, yeah, put your, put your application in and see what happens. And he didn't say anything magical. It was just his, um, his path. And then encouraging me to pursue a similar thing, um, and it all worked out. That's awesome. Now, what I know you, when you got back, you did do a couple deployments to Afghanistan. Did that change your perspective or alter, or was it more inspirational? I mean, share with our listeners a little bit how your perspective changed in the in the macro after going to war. Yeah, so I went two, two, six, seven month deployments there, and one was immediately after September 11th. Um, I don't know October sometime when we actually had boots on the ground in Kandahar, and, and then the subsequent seven months after that, and then three years later in 2000, well, two and a half, three years later, 2003 into 2004 is when I went my second time. And it was a stark contrast and difference between the wild, wild west of when I showed up there in 2001 <laughs> and the more big army, big military, brief everybody just to drive out the gate to mm. go to the training range kind of thing. Where the first time I was there, it was you talk to a village guy, he says so-and-so is going to be in the village over to, at midnight tonight. And next thing you know, you're rolling there. We didn't brief any. We didn't. There was nobody to brief. Well, we did have... Uh, a, a small um, joint staff there after after a little bit, but it was just nuts. How my perspective changed, though, after these deployments is realizing how precious life is Amen. and how every one of us is one engine malfunction, one rock going up into the air intake of a helicopter, hmm. one valve not working on an engine, or simply your brake line failing on your car on the drive home, we're one of those mistakes away from it all being gone. And how precious we are to be breathing, how precious it is to be walking around and, and be able to share with you in, live, in life what I'm doing, uh, live about my life. Um, so I really came away with those deployments of being thankful that I was alive, thankful for my brothers that weren't, 
that are the heroes of America that gave their life to defend it. Your Marcus, your your teammates on the on the reconnaissance there, ones like them, and all the others since. Um, and and I value life more. Amen. Wow. Let me. Um, do you want to continue on that, or I kind of want to change the it. subject here and ask about ultra achievers. All right, we have we have some people. Our guests on the show, they have all gone through or achieved some exceptional things. Um, but there are f- a few of them that just seem to fit into this category where they have not only marked one massive achievement, but those that have multiple. You know, then they kind of stand above that. And at least from your perspective, g- maybe give us some insight into. What is it that enables uh, a person to become an individual that seems to achieve at whatever they set their mind to? Can you distill out some um, some insight into that for us? Um, all I can tell you is about myself, and I don't I don't think that I sit around saying what thing can I do. Next, it's more of <laughs> thank God because you're gonna like cure cancer or yeah. something, yeah. sir. <laughs> no, 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 but it, it's more of just as you're going through life, doors and opportunities open up and and acting on them. It's hard sometimes to act on an opportunity because it requires change, it requires inertia, and it's easy to be just continue your steady state to continue doing what you're doing, stay in the same jobs, or if like in life, maybe it's an unhealthy relationship. It's easy just to stay. It takes energy and work and sometimes emotional investment to do a change, to, to uh, leave your current job and step off to something else. I remember thinking after I went to my first astronaut interview, uh, there were 20 people in my week and I, there were five other weeks of 20 and this was the final down to the final 120 making it. And I came home and said, I'm screwed. Every one of those, <laughs> ni- every one of those 19 people would be an awesome oh. astronaut. And there's five other weeks of 20 people. I don't see how I have a chance. And it's that type of attitude. If I hadn't have applied if I had told myself that before putting in the application, I certainly couldn't be picked. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so I think it's more of just kind of jumping on things when you think it's right for you and your gut is saying, I would like to do this, to do it, to act. And then just stuff happens. Like I, not, I was not a fifth grade kid with space shuttles glued to my wall and Navy SEAL guys uh, posters all mm-hmm. over the place. Partly because they didn't have Navy SEAL posters. (laughs) Be someone special. Came online. Yeah, (laughs) but it just happened. I went. I ended up going to the Naval Cat. I I learned about the Naval Academy because we didn't have a whole lot of money to pay for college, so I knew I needed to have some sort of help with paying for it. And the Academy fit that bill, and I liked what the Academy stood for. And then once I got there, I learned about what uh, about the SEAL teams, and I saw some impressive looking dudes. And I thought, man, I wonder if I have what it takes to be like those guys. Cool. And uh, and then I already told you the Bill Shepard story, and, and now here I am mm-hmm. uh, talking to you about all that stuff. So it just life just happened, and I jumped on stuff when I did. I, I one of the things I love how you talk about open doors, and I think you also have another very unique perspective. Because correct me if I'm wrong, but, but sir, for two years. You were responsible for recruiting new astronauts and bringing them into the fold and monitoring and being in charge of that. Can you, 
after that experience, and we asked when Andy Stump was on, you know, he was a Buds instructor, and we're like, you know, who is the guy that makes it or whatever? Can you describe some of the the character traits that that, that y'all at NASA look for that you in particular find admirable or impressive to where these people are going to make great teammates and great astronauts? Good question. Yeah. Really, I, I've thought a lot about this because when we're pick, when we're getting thousands of applications for just 10 or 12 or 15 positions, how do you, there's plenty of people with impress, impressive resumes, but how do you pick the ones that would be a good teammate? And it's really, really hard uh, to do. But um, one of the things that jumps right out in an interview as we conduct them and then watch them in different field exercises is just a simple question. Would I want to go camping with that person over a long weekend? And if the answer to that is, eh, I'm not so sure. <laughs> then it's done. Game over. If, if you tell you, if I tell myself, and man, that person's pretty cool. I'd like to know that person more, and I really like how they conduct themselves. I really like what they stand for, and it would be fun and an honor to spend three days camping with them. They make it to the pile of let's keep talking to this person instantly. That's There's awesome. other factors that go into it, but for me personally. It all boils down to that. Would I want to camp with them? That is a great question. That's, that's awesome. stuck in that does. environment so small. I mean, but I asked him the question, too. Is, is it the most brilliant people? And they're like, no, it's not. It's, it's got to be the, it's a cohesive team. You've got to be able to live together, survive together, and get along in those cramped environments. And the best part about it is, mm -hmm. is, is most people think age is, is a countdown. It's, it's actually a count up. But, I mean, and you can switch at any time you want. And that's what, that's what he does. I mean, it, and the, the doors that open... As you go through life, it's funny when you're young, you're like, oh, man, if I, if I got a chance to do that, the stress and, and everything that came along with that, well, yeah, at that age it is. But after a while, after the, you get in those different situations, it teaches you that level of confidence. So when it is time for you to walk down in through that door, down that rabbit hole, you're, you're ready. The, the stress level is not that hard. It's more of an excitement. And mm. man, I, hearing you say that when, when you turned in your – your packet and you're like man all them guys are better than me i i think that too yeah and, and, and that's too. what you need to remember man is everybody thinks that so if everybody's yep. thinking that man I, why not why don't i put my package in why don't i show up and right. try and you know it's true most everybody is better than me anyways but it's at least that it's, running it's at least showed up right <laughs> <laughs> i had more fun showing up getting my ass kicked than me I did. too <laughs> amen i love that it. was the best part well sir <laughs> Before we, you know, kind of wrap this up, we always like to ask our guests, um, it, what are the things that you try and let's say, because I know you talked about one of my favorite answers you gave in the Mad Minute was to fly forward in time to see how your kids were. So what, what do you share with your kids to teach them the never quit mindset. What what traits do they need to have every day when they wake up in order to feel fulfilled, to find greater purpose in their life like you have? Oh, man. You know what's so funny? That it's way easier to do in your professional life than to your kids to instill them <laughs> with that. But... <laughs> <laughs> but at the very simple, basic level, when they're it, it's age appropriate, right? Like so, yep. when they're really little, it's simple stuff like 
No, fix the toy yourself. You got it. You know how it works. You don't have to hand it to me. You can make it work. And as they go go get older, it's more uh, so-and-so doesn't like me or whatever, you know, that kind of mess that happens in middle school and high school. And so I think I don't have one specific answer, just trying little times. Um, somebody told me once or gave this analogy to me once that you drive an aircraft carrier by little three-degree corrections. If you got to make a 30-degree correction, you did something wrong like five miles That's how I think for kids, raising kids. You know, if you're making the hard left turn in high school, man, you, you could have made a small correction back uh years ago is is the same thing true for the 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 person that's sitting home listening to this podcast or they're sitting in their car they just left work you know they're experiencing the divorce they're not happy with their job what is the first little kind of correction they can make to start you know changing the rudder to get that never quit mindset rolling what do you think yeah, I think it's just simple. Like the decision is yours. You know, you you can wake up today and and do what are you going to do today to make it better, or what are you going to do today to endure um, more instead of having the other side of oh my god, this this is horrible and oh, I just can't make it. Think of it more on the positive side of what action am I going to do right now to make my life better? Kind of like. What action are my hands going to do to get Luca safely inside? Just on a smaller scale down mm. to what, how you can affect your, in your individual day. Awesome. And you, simple corrections. You're, you're right. I, that's the first thing we learn when we're, we're an STV pilot, right? I remember the first time yeah. I sunk that boat down and we were driving and my and navigator was like, hey, man, we're going a little deep. I was like, oh, God, I jerked that thing back. And, 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 but nothing happened real fast. And all of a sudden, man, we just skyrocketed up. Then you jam it down so you can go back down. Yeah. And it's just a, it's a nightmare. I mean, you literally have to stop, right? You have, you, if you make some large corrections and get slapped in the face once or twice, stop, right? And just Start the motor up and make those simple corrections. And that, that was the one thing I learned coming out of there too, man, is it's no matter how bad the situation is, you got a little bit of time. Take control, take a yep. deep breath, and let it unfold, and then make those simple corrections and take the hit. I mean, now you, you're, the body and the, is designed to do that anyways. And as you're going through that, it's those simple little corrections that will bring you back to center. And from center, you can go anywhere. And, exactly. Um, that was a hard lesson learned, but it was definitely a good one, man. I love it. Well, amen, Marcus. Well, amen. Yeah. Well, you know, sir, thank you so much. Where can people pay attention to your career path, to what's going on with the space program and NASA? Where do people follow you and follow the program? Uh, of course, you can go to the NASA webpage. I, I, I'm not a huge social media guy, but I, I uh, under um, a torture chamber, I recently opened up a, a Instagram <laughs> account. So. <laughs> astro astro seal astro underscore seal is uh where i've been posting a few few things i'm not super active on it but um, i will be as i'm leading up to this next mission so you can follow me personally there but in general the nasa webpage is a wealth of information uh and you can follow all the missions there and mine will be there on there and not in uh for about next year one one quick last question because I, I gotta throw this out there I know Kim's the new guy. Have you hazed him yet, like in a platoon?
Kind of, uh, that behavior doesn't get uh, the warm, fuzzy welcome that it does in the seal in the in the platoon hut that it does here. So he'll he'll get his he'll get his with all the uh, astronaut candidate stuff that's coming at him the next two years. Awesome, sir. Well, it's amazing what we do to each other. I was talking to somebody this tell y'all thing, but about someone was giving me the business about waterboard. I was like, you know, everything that we do to the terrorists during interrogations, team guys do for fun at the bar. <laughs> uh, I've been waterboarded I don't know how many times by my buddies just just to do it. See if you can take it to long. I mean, some of our stuff is amazing. The guys are fired up about give it to me. And then these people are freaking out about it. I'm like, wait a minute, we we do that for fuss price. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. Well, sir, awesome. thank you so much. We appreciate it. God bless you and your all your teammates and what you guys are doing at NASA. It's a true inspiration to all of us and all of our listeners. So thank you for yeah, being on. You guys on. are as well. Thanks. Great to be with Absolutely. you today. Hoo yeah. Hoo All right. God bless. All right. God bless. Take care. Take care. Thank, you. thank you. See ya. All right, bro, <laughs> I don't care what I've done in my life. When I look at the guy, the way he talks, once he talks about where he's been, bro, he just gave a never quit story about being in space. <laughs> he, it, but he delivered it like, I mean, I felt like we we're in a platoon space. But he's like, he tells a good frog, man. Totally. Dude. He's got the whole wit and humor and cut up, man. Oh. I'm like, he's an ass. You can sit there and listen to those stories because no one else has them. At all. Oh, dang, man. I mean, he literally. I had so much stuff written down, I had to get out of here. I like, ah. Dude, I saw your, your pad just mounting <laughs> up and mounting a question after Drive that. Down there. Uh, Wizard, one of the things that, I, you know, when I heard the dude talk, and that, and that question that you asked about exceptionalism, man, you know, it's interesting because people struggle with it, right? People are there. They have difficulty with recognizing how exceptional they are. So I found huh. it interesting the way he answered it. I, I honestly don't believe. I mean, maybe in, you know, with his wife in their bedroom at night. Hey, sweetie, I'm awesome. Aren't I? Oh, yeah, baby, you're awesome. But the, for the I don't think that dude probably knows how no. awesome he is. Well, the best part about no, it is it kind of lets, right. lets you know. I mean, that's the pinnacle right there. You're sending somebody. Everything else is earthly. Navy SEAL, MIT, that's one of them guys that when you when you sit there and you listen to a story, you look at him here like, man, that's, that's the coolest stuff. I wish I could do that, but I'm nowhere near an MIT grad, and I can't do this. But the thing about what he explained was, is, man, it takes a team to get your ass yeah. up into space, man. And it's it's not just the smart clicks that get in there and the Bam. brilliant minds. You can't have that, man. You go crazy. I mean, you wouldn't get anything done. Ever. You need the knuckle dragger down there that has the quick wit and can bring the team together, even if you if you can't roll them gimbals like like they, they do <laughs> in space for, for nine days. But because um, the world needs ditch diggers, because <laughs> the world needs podcasters too. Yeah, damn it. <laughs> and it's cool, man, because he's kind of walked through that gamut and and all of, all of those fields, Bruh, sports, I, and then the teams, and then what do you think, Wizard? Well, on that specific question, I think I kind of blindsided him, honestly. And when you said that, it made me think he probably he's probably not the best person to answer that question about himself because he doesn't look at himself that way. But I still think we got a very valuable answer out of him. Absolutely. The, him talking about the recog the importance of recognizing and taking advantage of the opportunities 
that come to you. And That's my favorite and part. Then right there, dude. How all of these small, uh, taking advantage of all these small opportunities, small changes, the small decisions in life, they have an inertia in themselves. Oh. And over time, Russ. that small correction over distance is a yeah, massive there's, there's change. There's no end game. Genius Down right the there. Yeah, there is no end game. There's no, uh, those title. a lot of people get into, they work their ass off, they get that title and stops. Like, oh, I got my title and this is what I'm at and whatever comes along with that title. But, and they'll live in that title for 10 years. Right. Uh, that, yeah. that's, that's not the game, man. You, you, one leads to the other, right? One will give you this, the platform. That's kind of what we were talking about earlier. When you go mm-hmm. down, it doesn't, sometimes when you're going to go down this path, hell yeah, it's going to be hard in the beginning because you ain't ready for it. You're not, you're not technically supposed, supposed to be up in this part no. yet, man. You skip. Pain. Some, yeah, exactly. And, and that's the test. That's the life part of it. And, and man, it's just one. There is no end game. There is no title that, that defines you. Right, you def- you define the titles by the, walking through the doors. By walking through it, man. By walking the people that through walk the doors. Through it, they're going to experience it differently, man. They're going to they're the, everything's going to change. That's a great part about it. It's unique to the individual, man. But when you're the, the guys that keep going and going and going and excel in those things that hell, only a handful handful of people can do, still have the humility to deliver it like he did, man, is is epic. It is epic. I really, that, I think that's a great observation that that. You just pulled out there that some people will strive to achieve whatever this goal is that's way up there, and they will work to get there. And once they get there, they sort of become content in that, and they stop perhaps taking advantages of everything that they can continue on to do. As a platform. They can get, they get uh, to the next platform. Right, yeah. They become the definition of what that is. Like People, when they describe that, then you try to assimilate into every aspect of that, when in reality, if you shot up into that and you've become that, imagine what you, else you could do. Exactly. Right? Oh, bro, look at us. It's, it's We're a, the perfect example of that, right? Here we are. All of us have invested a truckload of time carrying a gun for a living at the highest level, Right. And it's it's been an identity that we have, you know, really dedicated our lives to. But we recognize, hey, that is not the pinnacle of our existence. There's a greater capacity that exists within each other, within each one of us, that opens a door to a completely different emotional experience, a different physical yeah, you're experience. You're supposed to change. You're, you're supposed, supposed to, shift to change. Gears. Thank Take you. Take all those experiences you've learned through each one of those evolutions, man, and put it into something else. Amen. Listen, I'll tell you what, man, if if this is your first show, holy cow. Now, I you know, I I hope I, cuz I know I feel it. I'm looking at Marcus, I'm looking at Wizard. We feel it how, you know, remarkable this individual, but also how down to earth he is. So, hopefully you as a new listener to the show, you heard the the core information that he was disseminating in a very manageable, very tangible way, not reading you the gimbal quantif- qualifying quantifications or any of that nonsense, mambo-jambo metric <laughs> shit. It, he's telling you the truth of what it means to enhance your life incrementally, little bits at a time. Make the changes. Go through the doors that feel right for you. Man, I love that you know, he talked consistently about that intuition. So if you're listening, you found us, your your gut said, man, this could be a great show to check out this podcast. Man, then you are spot on. And we appreciate you being here. And if you're coming back, holy smokes, did you get a doozy on that one, man. If you don't take something away from 
astronaut Navy SEAL Chris Cassidy, then I don't know what you're doing. Maybe maybe you're not paying attention to what just went down, but please, you need to pay some attention. If y'all want to know more or just listen to some more epic shows, go ahead and visit our catalog, visit our our website at tnqpodcast.com. That's tnqpodcast.com. And if you really are fired up, we would love it. I mean, we would sincerely love it if you were to share your greatest never quit story on our website. We've built this incredible, incredible community of of people and their never quit stories. And and if they're good, uh, we're well, we're posting all of them on the site. If they're good, we're gonna read one. We got here in a second. And if they're great, Marcus, coming on. Are coming on and our next recording sessions here coming up in about a month and a half we're going to have one of those listeners on this show so you could be the next one also guess what guess what wizard what tell them what we got we got swag we got swag 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 give me that swag 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 marcus what do we got the team loadout we got the load out baby he all right it. if you want to blast off at any function you go to out to the the movies out with your significant other if you want to look cool at your kids soccer game if you want to look cool on weekends working out in your local gym go to tnqpodcast.com forward slash merchandise and check out our new gear baby you're gonna love wearing it we love wearing it in fact i sleep in mine my girls wear it to school uh, that's ridiculous but we're, we're gonna have kids <laughs> stuff here soon all right also uh please follow we finally got the wizard to break down marcus and he's uh he's on social media now which mm-hmm. is pretty awesome so just go to instagram and search the wizard tnq and he'll come up you uh, have no idea where you're gonna be Anywhere. Yeah, you're going to see the back of his head all around the world, which is awesome. Uh, uh, You can also follow the show. We've got a show podcast page at TNQ Podcast on Instagram. Of course, you can follow me at Team Frog Logic, and you can follow Mr. Neverquit himself at Marcus Luttrell. All right. And if you want to find the show wizard, where can they go, buddy? Pretty much anywhere you would expect to find a podcast, whether it's Android, iTunes, online and it's the simplest thing in the world to do just go to your little ipod itunes podcast app or one of your other podcasts all you got to do is search team never will pop right up hit the subscribe button and you will have marcus the wizard and i in your head 24 7 seven days a week 365 days a year we can be motivating you to develop the never quit mindset what do you think about that, Marcus? That's right, man. You got that one down. That was good. Wasn't it? Did that hey, sound like? pretty good with that, man. Am I getting, yeah, am I almost that. Monster Truck good? For one night and one night only, the Monster Truck Extravaganza! Wizard looks like he's going to kill me right now. That's the word. That's the face of terror. <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool if we could call a Monster uh, Truck in, though. Dude, like let's, a super cross? let's get the guy who uh, Wait, built the grave digger. You want to? Oh, yeah. Let's go call up Travis. Bigfoot, legendary, or grave digger. Them, one, one of those two. Man, I was with him. Never mind. That's, <laughs> that's a whole nother yeah, show. <laughs> All right. Rabbit hole. Here we go. We're going to read dun, this dun, dun. TMQ podcast listener 
from Chris, his never quit story. Are you ready, Jen? This is a good one. I like this one. Awesome. Chris. Hey, guys. I have listened to many of your shows, and I often hear most people say that just getting out of bed every day is their never quit story. I personally have had many never quit moments in my life, and when I look back, I can't believe that I made it through. I am not, however, writing about my experiences, but how I was given the never quit mindset from my parents. Oh, that's cool, dude. My parents were born into religious families that believed in faith healing, which meant that they had never been to a hospital, ever. My mother was pregnant with my oldest sister when she was 19, and then continued to give birth to a total of 14 of us. (laughs) I didn't make that up right there. That's 14 of us over the next 25 years, as birth control was not an option. All of us were born at height at home with a midwife with no medicine. My second child was born at home with a midwife, no meds. My father worked. That's me speaking about. We need to see if we can bring his mother on. Right. Mm. My father worked at maintenance jobs for a minimal income. We never went without the necessities growing up and always had food on the table. One of the best traits I learned from my parents was that when times are tough, you get up early and go to work. And my mother took care of us every day of our lives while we were at home. My family has since left the church they were raised in and the oppression it forced on its constituents. Once my youngest sibling was in school, my mother went back to school and became a medical assistant at a clinic. My father worked long hours to keep a roof over our heads and food on the table. He would then have to come home and discipline my brothers and I as we were rowdy as boys come. We grew up eating deer, turkey, and fish. My father, after five five long days of work, would wake up at 0400 on Saturday to get out in the woods. No matter how long the day we spent in the woods on Saturday, no matter how many hours we had worked that week, he would come banging on our door Sunday morning to get us up for church. I can only imagine how many times they must have just wanted to give up, but didn't and pushed on. I know my siblings and I feel the same way when we say we want to repay them for their hard work by driving on our by driving on in our lives by driving on in our lives. My oldest sister is raising 3 and 4 kids respectively. Third oldest sister is raising two girls and is a manager for medical records keeping company. I am the fourth oldest and I have 15 years in the military. Fifth oldest sibling is raising her young girls. Sixth and seventh oldest brothers are licensed mechanical and architectural engineers from Penn State. We are! Sorry, that got out of me quick. My eighth oldest sister is a school teacher in Africa. Super cool. My ninth oldest sister is a medical doctor who graduated from Penn State and University of Pennsylvania. We are! And I worked with the UPenn football team, might I add. Sorry, I'm going off on a tangent. I apologize. My 10th oldest brother just re-enlisted for his second tour in the soft community. My 11th oldest sister is a registered nurse. My 12th oldest brother is finished up in his master's mechanical engineering at Penn State. We are! It's just rote, sorry. My 13th oldest brother is a bricklayer until he figures out what he wants to do. My 14th oldest sister is her first year of college at Penn State, we are! My 14th oldest sister. My yeah, 14th me too. Awesome. oldest what? sister awesome, is in her first year of college. That's so awesome. 
right. I think I had to give you a background of my family to show just how strong of an impact seeing our parents get up every day and drive on no matter how hard life was giving it to them. Our success in life is directly contributed to our parents, not giving us an option to quit. I love the message you are spreading and the guests you have on your show to prove that if you want a better life, it always comes down to driving on and hard work. Keep up the good fight and stay safe. Wow. That was a cool one, Heck man. Yeah. Is that one of the coolest ones by far, dude? Yeah. Seriously, oh, dude. Chris, thank you so much for writing that in. Better yet, thank you to your parents exactly. for yeah. putting out a bunch of squared away people in this world to hey, make the place big better. Like That's like growing up with your own crew. Totally. I mean, that's mm-hmm. whatever you want to go get. You want to play back game basketball? We got enough. You know, football, we got enough for that too, man. We can do whatever. We can do anything. It's a full platoon, dude. Yeah, man. There you go, right, right there, man. You're a fire yeah. team, man. Yeah, whole platoon. Whole platoon. Some most families you might have a fire team if you're lucky with four, but they have a full platoon, yeah, baby. My best friend growing up had nine brothers and sisters, and no. that house was yeah. And that's not fourteen. That's not fourteen. That's crazy town. I mean, it'd be rough. it's you know, probably rough in the beginning growing up, the hand-me-downs and everybody, you kind of, that's when you bitch and complain, but check it out. Now, you just heard their resume. How proud is that mom and dad for yeah. that? I mean, that's epic, right? right? And then the fan reunions, the Christmas holidays, how much fun do they have at that? A blast. Right? A blast, right? dude. I love when people are like, oh, it's holidays, so-and-so's coming over. I love that. I, the weirdest part of my family, bring them all, man. You know, I just, I dig that part of it. And when you have those big families like that, I mean, it, it makes life worth living. Amen. Amen. Well, I just want to thank you, Chris, for writing in. I want to thank Penn State. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I want to thank, start off and be We're not serious. sponsored by Penn yeah, State, yeah. by the way. <laughs> Nor was I, Unless actually. Unless they want to sponsor us. <laughs> I want to thank God. And I want to thank Christ for the role he and and Christ play in my life. Uh, It's given me everything. I want to thank my two children. I want to thank my parents. I want to thank the endless sunshine I have in my life. I want to thank all my friends and family, all my buddies from the teams who inspire me day in and day out with the incredible stuff you're doing post-seal life in your lives, man. There's always something more for us to experience. I want to thank Navy SEAL astronaut Chris <laughs> Cassidy. Dude, I just like saying that. Star Lord Navy Chris Cassidy. Se- <laughs> Star, Star Lord Chris Cassidy. You can actually give yourself your own call sign if you're... Oh, if dude, you're dude that's the only <laughs> place you can give right. your own call sign is if you're a Navy SEAL MIT graduate astronaut. So I want to thank you, Star Lord, for doing it. Uh, you're the man. Thank, thank you, you Star-Lord. so much. Uh, and I want to thank our listeners because without y'all... This would just be some, you know, it'd be the three of us in this room doing this show, man. But you all have kept coming back. You keep spreading the word. You're helping us spread the never quit message to help people in their lives. And we can't, I can't thank you enough. And you too, you guys, this really is one of the greatest experiences, the greatest things I've ever been able to do in my life. And it's because of you too. And I want to thank you guys. God bless you. I agree. Yeah, Star Lord, man. Dude, you know, when you're a kid and you, your friends like, shoot for the stars. The stars are yours, man. You can do whatever you, you can want. You can do he, anything. Like, he did that. He right? did it. I mean, he, 
It's taking it a long way. <laughs> Dude, I tell my girls, like, hey, you guys could be astronauts if you want. They're like, huh? That's what the parents <laughs> say. Like, oh, hopefully, you know, he'll be whatever. But I'm going to tell him I wanted to be an astronaut. He's like, hey, you can be an astronaut. He did it. He right? did it. There's a, one of the <laughs> saying on one of, on our on our ranch gate is better to shoot at a star and hit a stump than shoot at a stump and miss. Yeah. And I mean, it's kind of, the guy has no kind of... There's no limit. Limit, man. There's no boundaries of what you can do. I mean, if you've been in space and you can spacewalk and handle all that kind of stuff, you can pretty much handle anything else, I would imagine. Probably doesn't freak out when something... <laughs> when the dishwasher breaks out. <laughs> right? I mean, it's kind of that, kind of that stoic face. That's, he did, right? He's, Dude, we, we like, had uh, the technical issues, and he <laughs> told like, all yeah, those guys right. how to handle it. He can work them, he worked them gimbals. Gimbals. Right, Star-Lord and the Gimbals. Worked Star-Lord the Gimbal <laughs> worker. Hey, so brother, man, thanks for leading by example and, and just showing us how far we can take it. That's what he did, man. All the guests we got on, he, he's taking it the furthest. And everybody keeps bringing us back. I can't thank you enough, man. It's, it's really something to be able to do this and uh, listen to these stories. It's a blessing. I don't even have words for it. Thank you. I'm out. Ow! As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.